0: Hallelujah! Let's open our Bibles again to the Book of John, Saint John, the Gospel of John, Chapter One. The Gospel of John, Chapter One. Hallelujah! We're going to read again verses nineteen through twenty-three. Nineteen through twenty-three. When you get there, say Amen. amen. Oh, y'all found it already? Yes, Make sure y'all are not just saying Amen. You still you hadn't found it yet. Praise God. Oh, you got it on your phones, okay? I hear hear pages turn. That's what I'm asking. John chapter 1, verse 19 through 23. You have that? Okay, let's read together. Ready? Read. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now this is, this is John the Baptist. This is not John the writer of John. Okay, I will make sure that's clear. This is just a little Bible teaching here. The writer of John is the one we call John the Beloved or John the Apostle. This, is, this story is about John the Baptist, unrelated. Okay? And he's the one who's the forerunner of Jesus. I just thought you just need to know that because I don't want y'all going out preaching, teaching, saying John was writing about himself. This is not, it's not that John. Amen? Amen? We're talking tonight on True Identity Part Two True Identity. Part two, Father, thank you tonight for giving us the opportunity we have to receive your word. I ask that, God, you give me divine utterance to speak your word as you speak speak it to me. And I pray that, Father, you give me divine unction to minister in whatever way you lead me to minister. And I ask that, God, your people have hearing ears and seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that the word of God will be sown upon uh, and into good soil, the good soil of our hearts, that it may produce that which is in it to produce and accomplish that which you please. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. So we've been looking again at Genesis chapter 1. I'm going all the way back because it's been a week, right? So we're reviewing Genesis chapter 1, uh, 27 through 28, or 26 to 28 is it really starts. But 27 talks about how God created man in his own image and in his likeness and so forth. He created male and female, all right? Only two, male and female. He created them. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, do what? Fruitful, Fruitful and, multiply. and multiply. Do what? Build the earth and have. And so we've been talking about how this, when it says he blessed them, he released the blessing. That's the blessing. When God blesses you, he's given you the blessing. The blessing is actually a force, right? And so when it, he released the blessing, and that blessing is what God gives man to produce heaven on earth. Or we can really say to reproduce heaven on earth, all right? And then we talked about how the blessing releases grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. Three components of grace are what? Ability. Come on. Wisdom. Wisdom. And energy. All a very good class. I'm proud of y'all. Okay? So it's important because this grace, I'm going over that because this whole thing about identity and purpose and assignment and destiny, it's tied to grace. The whole reason I taught on the grace was so that we could do what's in our purpose and our assignments and manifest our destinies. You got it, yes, sir. okay? Now, I was thinking about this today. I, I, I really pray, well, maybe it was yesterday. I really pray that you all who heard the teachers on grace didn't just leave it here in church, but that you're actually taking the grace and using it. It wasn't just, you know, uh, edutainment. Educational entertainment—that's not what it was. It, it was actually to empower you, enable you to take this and apply it in your work, uh, in your in your business, uh, in your in your uh, position as a spouse or as a parent or whatever you're you're doing. I, I was my aim was to teach you how to use that grace in whatever you're doing. Grace, grace makes it easy. Grace is like lubricating your um your chain on your bicycle. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Grace, so, so it makes it easy, yes. and so God doesn't want you struggling in any area of your life, oh amen? amen. So there's grace available for you. The Bible calls it in one place multifaceted grace. Yes. Hallelujah! Yes. So there's grace for every area of your life, yes. and my prayer is you, you all don't just come and hear the preacher like, man, Pastor Show preached, or you know whatever. Or, I didn't enjoy it, and you just leave it here, man. The seed that was released. Um, was enough to get you a big harvest of a fruitful marriage, of fruitful children and fruitful career and fruitful business, whatever you're doing. So please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you by the mercies of God. I'm doing like Apostle Paul. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you will please do something with this grace. <laughs> Amen. So I want to go back to something, though, because we when we looked at Genesis 1, um, I wanted to point out to you, if you go back to, uh, let me turn over here. Genesis 1, 28. And it said, uh, let them have dominion, right? He told them to have dominion. have dominion. But go back, media, please. Give me verse 26, please. Verse 26. It's probably quick for you all to find it. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness, let them have dominion. Do y'all see that? Now I'm just doing a a quick comparison for you. Because he says here in verse 26, well I'm going to compare 26 and 28. In 26 he says, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion. Now go to verse 28. Mm -hmm. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over. Go back to 26 again. 26, 26, he, he said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Let them have dominion. Now, what's the difference between 26 and 28? Both of them talk about um, dominion. Verse 28 goes through, let up uh, be fruitful, multiply. multiply, fill the earth. Okay? Now, what, what's happening in 28, and y'all, those are good guesses. Um, what, what's happening in, in 28 is... He's taking them through the steps to dominion, but in 26, he cuts right to the chase. He says, let us make man our own image and our own likeness. Let them have dominion. So in other words, the ultimate goal is dominion. So my my point to you tonight, that your destiny is dominion. God gave them dominion as a destiny, a destination. Got it? Now, in later on in verse 28, he gives them assignments. Right. Yes, sir. Are right, y'all y'all seeing that? This is it's pretty plain if you open your eyes to it. Let, let them let them you know be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue. it. This is all their assignments, their purpose. Have dominion. So the ultimate goal, your destiny is to have dominion. Now go back to verse 26. Because verse twenty-six, then he he he, he goes, goes right to the chase, and he says, "Let us make man in our own image and our own likeness." Now, what is he giving them first? Well, what does he give them? What's the first thing he gives them? Is what said again? Identity. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So he gives them identity, and then gives them their destiny. Are you seeing that? Now, this is critical that that we see that. I, I you know. I'm not trying to belittle it. You. Hopefully you're seeing it now. That, that once they got identity, he lays out their destiny. Later on he says, now here's what happens between identity and destiny. But here's the ultimate goal for you. And so even though Adam and Eve sinned, it didn't change the destiny What changed was their identity. And because their identity changed, they cannot reach their destiny. Are you hearing this? They, they lost their identity and gave their dominion over to the enemy, Satan, who became what Jesus called the ruler of the world, the ruler of this earth. And so the enemy had dominion. But God's, his plan did not change, right? When Jesus Christ came, he came to reestablish that dominion for us, that destiny for us. And what he did was he gave us, again, the image. Give me uh, Ephesians 2.10 in the, in the New King James. You can stay in New King James, Ephesians 2.10. Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Give it to me in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. Hallelujah. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship, notice this, recreated. Help me out now here. in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God, what? He did what? So God predestined good works for us. And the ultimate predestination was our dominion. So he predestined, planned beforehand for us, now to get there, taking paths. Y'all didn't follow me over here. To get there, taking paths. Now that, to get to to a destination, Laquan, you take paths. So what he predestined, what he preplanned was dominion. So now he then he laid out paths for us which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, and as a matter of fact, while we're doing that, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Ah, oh, man. So notice then what, what we see, thank you, Holy Spirit, is that if we if we would get on the road to our actual destiny, then all between... Uh, the beginning to the end, there's a good life that's there. So if we find ourselves not living the good life, we're probably on the wrong path, headed to the wrong destination. Well, that was a lot right there. If we're not living the good, and if God says a good life, he don't just mean it's like, you know, better. If God says a good life, he means a good life. No, y'all are not saying anything. If God says a good life, he means a good life in every area of your life. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, a good life. And if we're not living a good life, we're probably on the wrong path, headed to the wrong destination. Are y'all getting this here? Okay, so we want to make sure on the right path, headed to the right destination, which is the one that God chose for us, which is dominion, which is dominion. Give me Revelation 5 and verse 12 in the New King James, Revelation 5 verse, verse 10, rather, verse 10, it says, and have made us, this is God, has made us kings, come on, and priests to our God, and we shall do what? Now, this is the end of the book. Now, notice the beginning of the book was talking about dominion. Notice the end of the book, and we shall reign on the earth. So God did not change the destination for any of us. Our ultimate destiny is to walk in dominion. Remember I brought up to you over in the book of Luke about those people who did well and the and, and book of Matthew 25, and it talks about the ones who were faithful, and he said, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? we always skip to enter the joy of the Lord, but God didn't, Jesus didn't skip. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler. I'll make you ruler. So God's destination for you is to be a ruler, to live and walk in dominion. Praise God. I'm waiting on three people to catch me. To live and walk in dominion. Living over and above. One of the things that we, in our, in our creed in this ministry, is that we teach believers how to soar. S-O-A-R. S-O-A-R. And the O is overcome the world. Do y'all, do y'all know that? There's, what is S? What is O? What is A? What is R? If you don't know that, you need to be in the ground school class or come to prayer. Because in prayer, we quoted every time we have prayer on Sunday and Wednesday. Because it's important. We're not here playing games. Y'all miss y'all. We're not here just having church, just trying to have a good time. Boy, we had a good time on Sunday. That's not our purpose. Thank God we can have a good time. The reason we're having a good time is because we're on the way to our destiny. We're on the right path. Hallelujah. Y'all, I wish y'all would sail a little more. We're on on the right path, headed to the right destiny. And so we ought to have a good time every time we come together. But our purpose is to overcome the world, advance the kingdom of God, reach the lost. Do all that by serving the Lord. We soar. Praise God. So to overcome the world, it's talking about us moving to a place of rulership, of reigning on the earth. Y'all hear that? So we go all the way back to Genesis 1 26. In Genesis 1 and God said, Let us make man in our image and in our according to our likeness. So he gives man his identity and then immediately spells out his destiny. Let them have dominion. Oh, man of God. Oh, no, he's specific. Over the fish of the sea, mm-hmm. over the birds of the air, mm-hmm. over the cattle. Uh-huh. Over all the earth. Oh, see, he moved past animals. Yeah, he moved past animals. Over all the earth. I'm going to poke and see if you if you listen. If you've been listening for the last several years. Over all the earth. Say over all the earth. Over all the earth. Is weather part of the earth? Yes. So why folk run when a hurricane's coming? I'm going to come over here. So why do folk run when a hurricane is coming? Because they don't know they have dominion over the hurricane because they don't realize the hurricane, the weather is part of the earth and they have dominion over the earth. When that first hurricane, not the first one, but whatever, Hurricane Irma was coming back in 2017, I stood flat-footed and preached, what manner of man are you? What, do you know what manner of man you are? I said, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. And that hurricane that was categorified, that I was supposed to destroy and knock St. Petersburg off the map. It had to skirt right on around here. Why? Because we found out what manner of men we are. And we said, no, no, we have dominion over this region. Irma doesn't have dominion. The weather doesn't have dominion. No, we run this right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whenever these last ones, whenever they try to come through, no, no, no. We have dominion over this. See, but you have to know who you are. You have to know your identity. Okay, let me ask this question. Let me just keep on poking since y'all don't like that part. It's, it's, it's time of the earth. Huh? Yeah, because as long as, long as the earth remains, see, time and horrors will. See, so time, that's all of the earth. Well, who has dominion over the earth? You do. If you have dominion over the earth, then time does not control you. Hallelujah! Time can't tell you well. You turn at eighty, so you got to get old. Come on. Come on. There it is. See, see, if we if we if we begin to understand, we'll and we won't talk like the world talks. Right. There it is. Hallelujah. There it is. <laughs> I'm gonna tell this story. I might get in trouble, but uh, my my brother, uh, Elder Warren, uh, he he turned 60 uh, a couple of years back, and uh, but my family decided this past year to celebrate because we didn't celebrate during COVID, and so the whole I don't know if you even knew this, but the whole thing went around the family was we gonna bring him all these gifts, all these uh, gag gifts to mock him for being old, you know, false teeth and you know all that kind of stuff and You know, we gon' we just make fun of him being old. I said, I'm not gonna do that. I can't participate in that. (laughs) See, we don't we don't we don't operate like that. Over the hill. No. Well, you know, our steps are getting shorter. Hey, wait a minute tell that tell that to, to Caleb who climbed a mountain at 85. Yeah. Tell it to Moses who climbed a mountain at 120. Yeah. And died not, not because he was sick, but because God said so. Yeah. Come on up here. You see? So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta understand we have dominion over these things in the earth. Okay, but we can't operate in that until we know our identity. Okay, now everybody say identity. identity. So now look, Again, I can't walk in my identity, in my destiny rather, which is dominion, until I understand my identity, which is royalty. Okay? I can't walk in my destiny, which is dominion, until I understand my identity, which is royalty. I want you to repeat after me. I can't walk in my destiny, which is dominion. Until I, identity, Until I understand my identity, which is royalty. See, so you can't, you, you, peasants don't rule. No. And what the devil wants to get you and me to do is to, is to, is to, to identify as, peasant. as peasants and peasantry as opposed to royalty. Right. Right. He wants us to identify as servants instead of princes. Sons of God, you see, and he knows that if that's how you and me, you and I identify, we can't operate in royalty or in dominion, we'll never have dominion over him. And the devil's done a spectacular job, I must give him credit for that. He's done a spectacular job of stealing and robbing identity from the church, but we're taking it all back. We're going to make sure, at least in this house, for those who are hungry enough, we're going to know who we are so we can do everything God has called us to do and be everything God has called us to be. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I, I, I've told you this before, and I, I, I want to go back over this. I, I spent a, a great deal of time meditating on Romans 5.17 in Amplified Classic. And I want to bring it up again because it's very important. Romans five seventeen amplified classic. When I meditated on that uh, an extensive amount of time, it, it changed my identity. Yes. It changed how I identified myself. Yes, man of God. Yeah. It talks about this for because of one man's trespass, meaning first Adam, his lapse, his offense, death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's what. Overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into what? Right standing. With themselves. Reign. Stay right there. Go back. Go back. Reign as kings in life. That's all I need. Reign as kings in life through, through Jesus Christ. But I want to focus on reign as kings in life. What did I do? I meditated that so much until I began to see myself as a king. I began to identify as a king. In fact, let me tell you what really happened for me. I got over my blackness. You see, because my identity in my blackness was blinding me. Because the common um, um, uh, image... Of blackness, especially in America, was of something or someone inferior, of someone inadequate, of someone um, unintelligent, of someone um, barbaric even. Someone who didn't have the capacity to come up or to walk at a certain place in life or to live at a certain level in life. And that's, that's kind of the, that, that, is, that is the image that was out there. See, y'all are looking at me, but here's here's the reality. (laughs) Most of the folk I still deal with who, who have, you know, brown skin still are trapped by that same thing right now to this day. It's like I heard Dr. Bill Winston say when people a couple years ago, they were fighting and protesting, marching to tear down statues. We're going to tear down statues everywhere. They're going to tear down Robert E. Lee statues. They're going to tear down statues of all these people who were Confederate Army soldiers. And we're going to tear down all these statues all across America. Anybody who did anything that we thought was cancelable, we're going to tear their statues down all over America. And, and Dr. Winston said something so powerful. He said, the problem is because, he said, the, the statue is in you. In other words you can stand on all these 10 all these statues on top of buildings and monuments but the statue the wall the chain is inside of your own mind so nothing happens until you renew your mind you are not transformed by the removing of statues you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. We can tear down statues and tear down Confederate flags and change every high school name and every football team name. And we can't call them the Redskins no more. And they got they, we can't call them the Cleveland Indians no more. And we can't call anybody the name that they've had for the last four, five, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. And all of a sudden, that's going to make things better. Sure, it ain't made nothing better. Because folk are worse today than they were three years ago. Why? Because the statues are not out there. They're in here. You see? So I spent time, an inordinate amount of time, meditating. Meditating on this scripture. Why? Because I'm trying to, I'm doing by the word of God, um, recreating, I'm creating a new image This is why meditating is so important. Why did God tell Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 to meditate on my word day and night? Because Joshua's about to go into a land covered in giants. Y'all hear me tonight. He's about to lead a people, young people. He's about to lead a, a group of youngsters. Into a territory that is covered with giants. Into a place where the walls are built so strong that you can't penetrate them with any natural force you have. Going up against armies with people who've been slaves or their parents were slaves out there in the wilderness and now they didn't come out. They don't have they're not they're not trained in militia. So he says, I need you here. How are you going to do this, Joshua? You got to meditate my word day and night. Observe and do whatever is written therein that you may make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So when you and I meditate the word of God, what we're doing is we are doing the work of renewing our minds. And when I, the more I renewed my mind by the word of God, the more I saw myself as royalty and the less I saw myself as black. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't nothing wrong. black. Black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Black, baby, black is beautiful. I ain't got no problem with black. But there's no, no dominion in blackness. My dominion comes from my royalty, my image on the inside. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what happened, I began to identify more with my royalty than my ethnicity. Okay? And as I identify as a king, then that shapes my thinking. Are you hearing this here? Hallelujah. I'm... I'm I, it 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 would probably be be good to spend a lot more time in that area. Yes, definitely. especially now. Yes, yes, sir. I'm just telling you, it'll be it'll be good to spend a lot more time in that area because because yeah, you 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 definitely got to get your image right in St. Pete. If you're gonna walk around St. Pete and not hold your head down, you got to have, you have, have, to have, you have your, right. your image right. Hallelujah. See see uh, this ain't, ain't part of my notes. Ain't part of my point. But you know, we 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 gonna win the loss, right? right? Reach the loss. We soar, we reach the loss. Well, which loss? Only the poor? Only the poor Because talk to rich Come on. You better tell the truth, Madam God. Only the poor? Come on. See and the reason why most folk can, uh, will never reach any wealthy or affluent people is because they can't look up. Y'all can, y'all can shuck me all you want to. But th- th- you can't look up because you've not, you've not renewed your mind and gotten a royal image on the inside of you yet, so you have a hard time looking in the eye- eyeball to eyeball with somebody who's got a little change. Right, 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 right. <laughs> See, but we are all supposed to win, reach the loss. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus thank you jesus all right now let's keep going here so the battle is over our identity okay and so remember i showed you last week about in the book of daniel chapter 1 about how when the uh, king nebuchadnezzar in the babylon took those children from judah uh, captive and they began to try to change their identity remember they attacked them or tried to influence them in the area of their uh, literature, uh, their language. Uh, they changed their names. Uh, they tried to give them their food, their diet. And I told you that's the same way the devil works today, right? Is he tries to, tries to infiltrate um, and, and really try to indoctrinate. Remember we talked about the three years of training to indoctrinate people in his ideology. It's the very same thing that's happening today. That's why I'm so glad for God's servant Ron DeSantis. I'm so glad, and I hear people talking about people talking about he's he's evil and he's of the devil. You you is a lie. You're ignorant. You're 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 blinded by your blackness because. Because they say you're trying to stop black folk. No, ain't nothing, nothing, ain't nothing about no black folk. What well, they don't, re- you don't realize, I'm talking to the ones online who you don't realize that the, the, the gay folk are trying to use the cover of black folk to get the gay folk agenda p- passed. You tell the truth, man, tell See, the homosexual uh, groupies, they, they're, they're under the cloak of civil rights. Ain't, what's civil rights? That's, ain't no civil rights. You chose that lifestyle. I was born that way. Use a lie. God made me this way. Use a lie. Not my God. Not my God. Sorry. See? And so these these things that are being passed, bills that are being signed, there was a whole package of them signed today to protect our kids today. Because what they realize is there's this indoctrination that's trying to happen in the schools, in public schools. to, to indo- It's the same thing they're trying to do with, with Daniel and, he- and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're the same thing give them their literature. That's why we're glad that they're taking those books out of this classroom. Because that's evil literature. It's evil literature. To train them in their language. In language. Language. No, you look at a man and call him a her. That's that's language. That's, that's, That's language programming. Where they and them and they got some new one out Huh? A A C or something? Z Z X Z whatever it is. They got new 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 pronouns and new what? That that's programming. And it it becomes so prevalent in our in our nation that there are people who, if you didn't go along with their with their language, you could lose your job because yeah. you could. Because you didn't agree with their language. So thank God that in Florida now you can't lose your job if you call a man a he. So I thank God. Because this is what the devil uses to try to cause folk to lose their identity. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's look at another one, another one in, that, in this case here. This is, this is real important, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 17. Or Acts chapter seven, rather Acts seven. I'm going to start at verse seventeen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now they got they they bought the bills of sound day. Now now we got to protecting our kids in the bathrooms now. Hallelujah! I wouldn't want my little three year old boy, a uh, little girl going to a bathroom with some little boys. It's, no, I don't want that, and I. Now, now they, they he now requires separate showers. Does that make sense? Now this makes sense. Makes sense. Now, makes sense. You, see, but, the, but the, the enemy, the enemy is after. He, he wants people to identify with his agenda. Uh, in fact, we we know based on, we know reasonably well based on Scripture, that the Antichrist himself will be homosexual. The Bible says he has no desire for women. That's what the Bible says about the Antichrist. He will have no desire for women. So we know he's going to be some homosexual man. So, of course, what agenda you think he's pushing in the world? So, anybody who opposes that, I'm for them. Hallelujah. Are you in Acts 7? Good, I'm not. Let me get over there. Acts 7. I'm showing you how, how, again, there's a battle for your identity because, remember, identity is what God gave before he gave the destiny because he knows your identity is what puts you on the right road to your destiny, okay? In Acts 7, verse 17, um, this is uh, Stephen giving his address before he he is uh, assassinated. Okay, Acts 7 verse 17, but when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, meaning God had told Abraham back in uh, Genesis chapter 15, he, God told Abraham that your, your people, they're going to be enslaved for 400 years, but at the right time, I'm going to come and set them free. So this is what he's talking about here. It says, when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew, grew and multiplied in Egypt. Y'all remember that? We read that Sunday, right? Hallelujah! Till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people. We see, we saw that Sunday, and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies. This is all the, all about the abortion and all about the uh, uh, infanticide, which is still being pushed in America today. Hello, somebody. Hello. I, what state was that I saw today? Just uh, North Carolina. Yes, North Carolina banned abortion after 12 weeks. That's closer. Praise the Lord. They're getting closer. The, the, their, their legislature had voted on it to do it. Their governor vetoed it, and then they came back and overrode his veto. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Getting closer. See that's this all the agenda, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we had a good time in church, though. See, people people love concerts, and they'll they'll. Music and do all kind of productions, but have no clue what the Word of God is saying. Have no clue what's happening, what's swirling right around the church, swirling around us in our cities, and swirling right around us in our world. And everybody's just so caught up on TikTok and being being the being the most the most hip person, the hip church on 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 Twitter and hip church and on Instagram. But the agenda is advancing all around us. While we're trying to do greater and bigger productions, the devil is just. This is what's going on. Devil's going wild. (laughs) Devil's wilding out. At this time, Moses was born and was well pleasing to God. Now he's just a baby, well pleasing to God as a baby. Now he hadn't done anything. Moses wasn't doing no good works. Moses wasn't doing anything. But what this literally means is that there was something that God had predestined him for. In fact, put your finger there real quick and give me uh, Hebrews 11.23. Give me Hebrews 11.23. Y'all hold that. Don't, don't lose that spot. Give me Hebrews 11.23. Look what it says. By faith, Moses. Now Moses didn't have no faith. There's no baby. So He's not talking about Moses' faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. So whose faith is really working here? His parents, because they saw he was a beautiful or a well-pleasing child. That means at the womb, they said there's something about him. I can't let this, in other words, they said not my son. Remember, they, they, they they were killing the boys. Remember now? Y'all remember this now? Now, remember I taught you son, the midwives were protecting the boys. But if you read after that, uh, we didn't keep going, but if you were to keep reading in Exodus 1 Sunday, you would see that, that the Pharaoh then commanded his own people, the Egyptians, to start killing the boys. Once he realized he couldn't get the Hebrews to go along with the plan, he said, okay, my people, I want you to kill the little boys. I w- now, now let the system do it. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. So, so at this time, Moses is born at this time, and Moses' mother and, and father said, no, wait, uh-uh. there's something, we, not my son, we're not going to let the system kill our son. There's something special about this baby. They had something on the inside from God that told them that there was a divine plan for this baby. It says, because they saw he was beautiful, a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Okay? All right, go back. Go back, please, to Acts 7. Acts 7. You back there? Okay, verse 20 again. At this time, Moses was born and was well pleasing to God. In other words, God had a plan for his life. And he was brought up in his father's house. How long? He was brought up in his father or his own father's house for three months. But when he was set out, okay, he was, some translations will say, when he was exposed. Now, early we saw they were exposing the babies. Now he's three months old. He's exposed. And it says back in the, actually in Exodus uh, chapter uh, two, I believe, we talked about him. It says that his mother could no longer hide him. He's too big. I can't hide him any longer. His baby is big and making noise, so she couldn't hide him. So she said, "Now I just gotta, I gotta, just gotta release him and trust that whatever God has, something's gonna happen for my baby." Y'all following this story? Okay, so he was brought up in the father. Verse 21. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away. Now watch this. And brought him up as her own son. Now don't skip past this little part here. Remember the first three months, he was brought up in his father's house. Now his father was a Hebrew. So he's brought up as a Hebrew baby. But after three months, Pharaoh's daughter took him and she brought him up as her own son. It didn't just say she adopted him or she became a godmama and let his parents keep him. And she just brought him gifts every you know, holiday and you know, kept him every other weekend, gave the parents a night off. No, she took him and brought him up as her own son. Now, this wasn't just her taking care of him. She's now going to raise him not as a Hebrew, but as an Egyptian. So to be brought up as her own son, it's to change his identity. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, how we know, verse 23, uh, 22 rather, 22, 22, y'all see it? And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Yeah, I, 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 some of y'all, you're smoke blowing. You're like, wait a minute, I thought he was a stutterer. <laughs> well, I don't know what happened later. But when he was brought up in Pharaoh's house, By Pharaoh's daughter, he became a master of their literature, of their wisdom, of their diet, of their culture. He was raised as Pharaoh's own grandson. Indoctrinated as an Egyptian. All of his Hebrew identity was wiped out. Are y'all catching this here? Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to keep going. Y'all got it? Verse 23. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Well, wait, what happened? Now, he's brought up as an Egyptian, y- 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 y'all, you see, y'all, see, Pastor Kim blurted it out. Now, as a baby, as a little child, as a little child, you 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 don't you don't really notice differences too much. You're not you're not aware so much. But as you start to mature, and your, your features start to really manifest, and you start looking like, wait a minute, yeah, right. <laughs> as you mature, and that the DNA starts to tell on you. Like, you don't look nothing like. Something begins to happen. And now here's the thing, here's the thing. He's aware then that those are his brethren. But it didn't change anything until it came into his heart to visit. In other words, you can be aware of a difference But until God gives you a revelation of destiny, ah, watch this. How do I know? Let's let's just keep reading, Deacon Matt. It says, it it, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. It came came into his heart. In other words, God God put something in his heart. You know, thoughts don't come from you. They come to you. And they come from a source. So God, the source of this thought, put it into him. Go visit them. He didn't just happen to visit him. It came into his heart. God dropped in his heart. Go see about them. Why? Because God knows from the beginning what he destined him for. So God's now got to get his identity straightened out. And once he gets his identity straightened out, now he can begin to reveal his purpose. And once he gets his purpose, now he can put put them on assignment, assignments, Go to Pharaoh, assignment. Turn the river into blood, assignment. Release frogs, assignment. Are you seeing multiple assignments? <laughs> All within his purpose. All because he now understands his identity. That's getting him to his destiny that God already said before when, when he was born. He's well-pleasing to him. Does anybody understand what I'm saying to you now? So what God does is, and I guarantee you, if you are, if you are and I know you are, walking with God enough, you can, you can be just sort of kind of half in, half out, and you can even might, might have one day been in a club or might have one day been dating somebody, and you were like in the wrong uh, city or wherever you were, and something came into your heart, I don't belong here. I'm going to come over here a little more. What am I doing here? I don't have no business. All of a sudden, you start to feel weird or feel out of place or feel lost or feel this disconnect or feel like something is telling me. I need to go over here. Something's telling me to go to that church on the corner down there on 24th Street and 7th Avenue. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't raised like that. I was raised in a mainline denominational church. But it's something I'm supposed to go down that church with those crazy people. I, I don't know why I'm, supposed to be, why I'm down there. No, something, well, what God is doing is he's revealing identity to you to show you where you're supposed to be so you can get to you to where you're supposed to go. Hallelujah. 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 And so the Bible says it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Verse 24. This, This is good. Now watch this. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Why? For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they didn't understand. That means that Moses, all of a sudden, he didn't just get it in his heart to go visit his brethren. It, he gets a bigger picture. I'm not just going to visit. I'm not just going to just see, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, hello, good to see you. I'm gonna go back to my to my palace over here. He goes with the understanding, wait a minute, there's something greater. In other words, there's a reason why God allowed me to be spared 40 years ago somebody here, you're going to realize there's a reason why that car accident didn't kill you 13 years ago. There's a reason why you didn't die back in 1994. There's a reason why God let you live and why they keep finding nothing because God had a plan bigger than you understood. He had a plan bigger than than you saw. He had a plan bigger than you knew and God has been saving you. God has been sparing you. He's kept you. He's held you together But, but he said the time is now to walk in your destiny, to do your purpose, to do your assignment, to become Become the man and woman of God he originally called you to be. It's your time now. Tell somebody, it's your time now. god been saving you for right now. God's been sparing you for right now. God had you set up 20, 30 years ago for right now. God wouldn't let you die in that club. He wouldn't let you die on the side of that highway. He wouldn't let you die die in that that, that hell hole. He didn't let you die in that back alley. God held you together because he has been saving you for now. And he says, now is the time. So when things come into your heart, go with it. But when you go, you got to wait on God's assignment. What he did was, he, when he struck an Egyptian, he was going, almost in his mind, he was going to do it one at a time. <laughs> Think about what he's doing. He's gonna deliver, me, you know, we, you know the story, you read the book of Exodus. He struck the Egyptian, killed him, and hid him in the sand. He's gonna do this whole thing one at a time. <laughs> and you can imagine God in heaven like, oh God. Oh me. Oh my me. I'm just Because God has a bigger plan. God has, oh yeah. Remember that, that Greek word for wisdom, Sophia? Remember Wise Master Builder? The best plans and the best means to execute those plans? So God had a better plan than to go kill one man at a time. <laughs> Is God? <laughs> but they did not understand, the Bible says. So, before I can fulfill my destiny, I need a revelation of my identity. I'm going to remind you of something we said last week. My identity points to my purpose. Say that. My identity points to my purpose. My identity points to my purpose. Purpose my gives purpose. parameters to my assignments. My purpose gives parameters to my assignments. My assignments fulfill my destiny. Y'all got that? My identity points to my purpose. When Moses once again identified as a Hebrew, he all of a sudden got a better clue of purpose. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In fact, go go to um, go to uh, Hebrews eleven. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Go to Hebrews eleven twenty three again, and I'm, I'm going to read from there. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go 23 through 27 maybe. Are you there? Mm-hmm. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Y'all see that? Now, remember, that's really their faith. Now, watch 24. By faith, Moses... When he became of age, 40, 40 is of age. I said 40 is of age. All y'all young folk are in such a rush to do everything. 40 is of age. Stop fretting yourself trying to go broke, get in your own place. Ooh, Lord, help him, help him. Help him. You're going to go out there 20 years old and be broke. Because you got to have your own place. You, you're not even of age yet. You don't, you don't even want to pay no light bill. Just sit your tail down. Just settle, settle down. <laughs> so Moses, when he became of age, I well, ain't married. I'm already 28. Shut up. You're not even of age yet. At 40, you just of age. <laughs> By faith, Moses, when he became of age. Watch this. Now, well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Remember, we talk about once you get identity, now purpose begins to hit your heart. Once he was of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he said, that's no longer my identity. I don't, oh man, this is so good, Holy Ghost. Thank you, I love the Holy Ghost. He no longer identified with Egyptian life. He, he if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So when you become a new creature, you gotta refuse to be called a hoodlum. And a whore. And a thug. And a baddie. And a thought. And a hoochie mama. And a and a lazy bones and a and ignorant. And a sinner, and an addict. You you can't you can't be no be no be uh, uh, identifying with God and say I'm an addict. Uh, my name is John, and I'm an addict. No, no, no. That's you used to be an addict. He refused to be identified by his old identity. My wish is to help three people here. I refuse to be identified by my own identity. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. King James says the pleasures of sin for a season. Tell your neighbor, the pleasures of sin are seasonal. They'll pass. Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen, with sin. This is a side note. The pleasure is seasonal, but the penalty is permanent. Yeah. And until you get it off of you by Jesus Christ's blood, the devil always offers people temporary pleasure for a long lasting penalty. Hallelujah. He esteemed the reproach of Christ, greater, than, greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So what I wanted you to see there was that when Moses got a clue or revelation of his identity, it launched him into his purpose. But notice he spent 39 years and 9 months being indoctrinated as an Egyptian. And if that had stayed with him, the children of Israel would not have been delivered by Moses' hands. There's a reason why God gave you life. There's a reason why you were born onto this planet. And if you and I never discover our true identity, we can never fulfill our purpose. And there's somebody or some region or some place that God has sent us here for. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. What time is it? oh boy well, let me just let me just read about John real quick give me give me an extra seven minutes. 10, ten I'll take it. John 119. Because I want to I definitely get into purpose next week. Now, this is a testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Who are you? So I want you to see here that John knew his identity. He knew his purpose. He knew his assignment. Okay? And he knew his destiny. Okay? Now, he knew he knew his identity. The question to him was, who are you? Notice it says, he confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I'm not the Christ. So part of knowing your identity is knowing who you're not. <laughs> because so many people um, um, waste valuable time trying to be someone they are not. trying to assume someone else's identity and operate in someone else's purpose and assignment. But God created you, specifically you, as he made you to be because he wants you to do what he calls you to do. And no one else on this planet can do what God called you to do. No one else. There's nobody on this planet who can do what God called you to do in the way he called you to do it and the way he equipped you to do it. And the trick of the enemy is to get us to try to identify to take on someone else's identity. You know, as identity theft. People steal somebody else's identity because, you know, you got good credit and I got bad credit. So I'm going to steal your identity so I can get me a car. That happened to me a couple times. People, I look up and if somebody, out and got a loan, opened an account, got loans and stuff in my name, Navy credit you I think it was. I had to go and, you know, shut all that stuff down. Man, but what you doing? You can't be me. Hallelujah. But notice he said, I am not the Christ. So in other words, they asked him, who are, who are you? They didn't ask him, was he, was he the Christ? Y'all got to catch. They asked him, who are you? He said, I'm not the Christ. I'm going to go beat you all that. I'm going to let you know ahead of time. I'm not the Christ. So don't think that. Because what I'm doing here. Okay. Then they asked him. Well, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. not. (laughs) As a very matter of fact, I am not. One more. They asked him, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. (laughs) Yeah, you know a lot of words. Now, this is what I want you to catch in this whole thing. Are you the Christ? Well, he, he tells them I'm not the Christ. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the prophet? No. Now, what John knows is, and you got to know this, that if John had declared himself, because obviously they don't know who the Christ is. Right. They, they, didn't know. they didn't know who the Christ is. Right. If John had claimed to be the Christ, it would have changed his stature. That's true. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who the Elijah who was to come was. Now, they're, they're all going by prophecy. The book, book of Malachi talks about the Elijah who was to come. You read Malachi, the fourth chapter. That's how the, that's how the Old Testament closes. There's Elijah coming, spirit of Elijah. And so they ask him, hey, are you Elijah? If he had said yes, they would have been, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it would have changed his, his stature. He would have been, because, you know, right now he's an outcast. Right. That's exactly right. he, he's one of one of the what, what the Bible calls the Essenes. It's an outcast sect. He's not in the religious in crowd. He's an outcast, one of the Essenes. And but if he had said, "Oh yeah, I'm the Christ," they'd be like, "Oh wow," because they didn't know. If he had said, "Yes, I'm I am the Elijah who was to come," they, they'd be like, "Oh okay, we knew you were coming," and they would have respected him and reverenced him. Or if they they said, "Well, are you the prophet? What is it talking about the prophet? Moses had prophesied before he left that God was going to send another prophet just like him." So they're remembering what Moses prophesied. So he's, they said, are you the prophet, the prophet? He says, no, I'm, I'm not the prophet. If he had said, yes, I'm him, it would have changed his life. But he knew he was neither of those fellas. Why? Because he knew who he was. See, if you know who you are, you don't have to try to be somebody else you are not. And the reason why folks spend so much time imitating other folk is because they don't know who they are. The reason folk get go and get this nipped and this tucked and this pulled and this snatched and this done to change my face and change this and to change you know all my stuff about me is because you don't know who you are. But once you know who you are, your identity comes from inside, not from outside, and not about what anybody else says about you. Your identity comes from God himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, John knew who he was. Okay? Remember what I said. I'm going to close out here in a minute. Identity points to your purpose. Purpose gives parameters to your assignments. Assignments fulfill destiny. This is important. Because if John gets his destiny wrong, he gets his purpose wrong. And if he gets his purpose wrong, he'll pursue wrong assignments. He'll pursue assignments God didn't intend for him. And watch this, and watch this. And God won't give you grace for someone else's assignment. That's the part I'm trying to get you to get here. If he gets identity wrong... He gets purpose wrong. If he gets purpose wrong, he gets assignments wrong. And if you got assignments wrong, God doesn't give grace for someone else's assignments. He won't put grace on you to do something that God that He called Him to do and He didn't call you to do. You can try all you want to. You can try all you want to trying to imitate somebody else and do what somebody else does. But if God didn't call you to do that, you'll struggle and frustrate yourself because God doesn't give you grace. To do what somebody else does. I had a guy tell me one time, I can I can be a pastor, I can, I can do all of that, everything you do. Go ahead, show me. Show me, my show me. <laughs> I remember hearing, hearing a couple young guys around here around here in, in, in St. Pete 15, 20 years ago, fifteen years ago, so telling me, yeah, we am gonna start a church because I you know I can do that. I will show you guys how to do it. Churches don't even exist anymore. Why? Because, because you were trying to step into someone else's assignment. That, that's, that's why Paul talked about, he said, I don't go and preach in regions beyond me. He says, I go preach in the regions that God assigned. I don't go preach in somebody else's region. That's what Paul said. He said, in other words, because there's no grace on me to preach in somebody else's assignment. Do you, let me close out. Paul, Paul, when God called Paul, um, Go, go. Let's 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 flip this. Let's end here. Go to uh, Acts. Uh, Paul is calling Acts nine. Yes. Acts nine. Yes, Glory to God. Oh my. Go to Acts nine. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Y'all got time? Two more minutes? Yes, yes. Lord. Lord. When God calls Paul, remember Paul was a, was a Hebrew, right? And God calls Paul and uh, Paul gets saved. He sends Ananias to him. And Ananias is like, Lord, I don't want to go deal with this guy Paul. He's, he's like killing folk. <laughs> Verse 15, Acts nine fifteen. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles. Kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things, how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now go over to uh, Galatians real quick. Galatians 1. Galatians 1. I promise I'm going to end after this. Galatians 1. Verse 15. Are you there? But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. He's talking about God did something from the womb. Now, he didn't know this because he was doing the wrong business, thought he was doing God's business, right? right. Verse 16, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me and so on and so forth. So notice Paul's ministry primarily ends up being with who? The Gentiles. Now where did Paul have most of his struggle? With who? The Jews. Why? Because his ministry was to the Gentiles. You'll get this by the time you get home tonight. By the time you eat the last piece of your burger, you're going to say, oh, I got it. When Paul was trying, Paul was trying his darndest to preach to the, to the Jews, he kept preaching. I'm trying to, I'm working with him, trying to go in the synagogue every day, wrestling with the Jews, trying to get the Jews to finally realize it. And Paul finally said, you know what? Bump y'all. I'm going to the Gentiles. He did. The Bible says it that way. He said, no, not that way. But he, I'm putting my own words. He, 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 said, he, he said, you know what? Forget y'all. I'm going to the Gentiles. Because that's what God, from the very beginning, when Ananias came to lay hands on him, he was called to the Gentiles. But he was struggling there in Jerusalem and with the Jews because that's what, not what his calling was. Right. Right. But once he stepped into his proper assignment, yes, he went everywhere preaching the gospel. Yeah. My point to you is God won't grace you for somebody else's assignment. But if you don't know your identity, you'll get the wrong purpose. And the wrong purpose will have you on the wrong assignments. And you'll struggle your whole life. The Bible says God calls some to be apostles. Don't try to be an apostle, God didn't call you to be no apostle. Some to be prophets. Don't try to be no prophet, God didn't call you to be no prophet. Just quote the scripture scriptures. <laughs> This lady, what we hear, she get a, she gonna prophesy, prophesy a good five, t- six minutes, all scriptures. Lady, you just giving a book report. The, you're not prophesying. And her pastor, one of, one of our men, we love men of God, we love him so much. He just says, okay, just everybody sit down. Let's go on to our morning announcements, praise <laughs> the Lord. Because it's like it was nothing. She's, she's just reading scripture. She's just quoting scripture the whole time. Otherwise, don't, don't try to be something God didn't call you to be. But see, if you look at that and say, oh, that looks so good. That looks glamorous. And now you want to identify with that. But what if God called you? My, man, my, my uh, who I, we called growing up, my godmother. Her name was Miss Sister, Johnny May Ford. She got married before, after her husband. Johnny May Thomas. She was what we call a super usher. super usher. Right, Warren? Super usher. I mean, there was nobody could usher like this lady. She, she was such a super usher and so graced at it. She, be, she was the head of our church usher's ministry. She became the head of our district usher's ministry. She became the head of our, of our state usher's ministry. And she began to serve in the national usher's ministry. She was, I mean, a super usher. <laughs> <laughs> she was in her place. She was in her assignment. She didn't try to identify as missionary Johnny May Thomas. She was usher Johnny May Thomas, and excelled at it. And God raised her and gave her promotion and increase just, just in work, in her right identity. That's all the time I got. I'll deal with something else later. Give God a praise for tonight. Come on, give God a big praise for the word of God tonight. Hallelujah! 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 Glory to God glory to God thank you Jesus. Where does my identity come from God his word don't take your identity from man you don't know, want say this too um, if you if you look at John the Baptist I don't have time to read it but John the Baptist if you look at Luke chapter one when God first sent the angel to speak to Zach- Zacharias, John's father. The angel told Zacharias, he said, um, this child is going to be great. Those are his words. This child is going to be great. And he's going to do this and do that and, you know, lead people to, uh, to the Lord and so forth. Prepare the way for the Lord. He told uh, Zacharias that. So can you imagine Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth their whole lives instilling the right identity in John, how much they invested in John in instilling identity in him. You know, Mary did the same thing with Jesus. Hallelujah. When, when Jesus was, before he was born, it was prophesied what he was going to be and Mary, Mary and Joseph had to deal with that and then something happens to Joseph. We assume Joseph died and while Jesus was still uh, a young man. And then, but later on, uh, you know, Mary, uh, remember they found him in the temple and he, he uh, came and, you know, he was baffling all the doctors and so forth and Mary pondered these things in her heart. She understood, wow, this son, my son is special. And so can you imagine her instilling this identity in him to the point that his first miracle when, when he, she said, hey, we're out of wine, they're out of wine, and he said, woman, well, what, what does that have to do with me? She says, whatever he says, you do it. She knows who he is. And as a midwife to him, she's going to help pull out of him who he is. Now, I'm saying that because I want, to, I want to speak specifically to parents tonight. That the child that God gave you by birth or put in your care, that you have to also seek God as to that child's destiny. Destiny and then drive home their identity yes. and don't let the world give them their identity yes. listen to me this is very very important don't let the world give them their identity because yes. the world wants to place them place these labels on our children right. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. hallelujah but no we have to invest in them and pour into them who they are. Remember uh, Brother Tony used to come to church and teach us. He's in heaven now. I remember I learned this early on. He he talked about his grandson. He always called them sir. And I learned that early on. So from that moment on I always referred to my son as sir. My wife and I did. So from the time he was a baby. Sir. To instill something in him that he's not just anybody. He's a he's a man. He's worthy of respect and honor. So he can he can flow with anybody now because he's been a sir since he's been a baby. See, that's our job to pour into them. Hallelujah! I told my wife this before we as. I don't know, before we left home tonight as we were driving. I was talking about this, young, this man I was talking to one night, one day. His son was, um, is a uh, professional baseball player. Uh, he's a minor league player. And uh, his son was helping our baseball team out, our high school baseball team, with some pitching lessons. And I was talking to the father while they were, you know, doing their thing out there. And he told. He said. Uh, he said. You know, really, to to get one of these one of these boys to um, the college level, you've got to invest as a parent about fifty thousand dollars. This is what he said. He said you get, it takes about fifty thousand dollars investment over time in training and conditioning and teaching and camps and and all these tournaments and everything to really, if you want to invest in them to get them there. And I was telling my wife tonight. I was thinking, why do as Christians? We give very little investment in our children to get them to the next level. Why do we feel like we could just kind of let them kind of find their way to Christ? We can't. This is what people do. They'll invest that kind of money to get their kids just to, he's talking about just to get them a college scholarship. That's all he's talking about, to get them a college scholarship. He's not talking about to get them to the pros, just to get them to a college scholarship to the next level. So why would we think we don't have to invest in our kids and pour into them so that they can get to the next level in Christ? We got to do it. Because if we don't, guess who's waiting to pour into them? He's pouring truckloads. Amen? And We got to, hopefully when they get grown, we try to got to try to undo everything the devil has done. <laughs> Amen. Did y'all receive anything tonight? Yes, and may give God a praise for that word. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much tonight for the word we've received. I thank you that, God, your people, I believe that your people have been hearing. They have the, the hearing of faith. And, Lord, their, their eyes have been open to things. And I pray that, God, your people, each and every one of us, will uh, really seek to know our identity in Christ Jesus. That we will not allow the world to define us allow the world to label us, uh, not not allow even our past to define us. But, God, we will seek out that identity that you've already given us, your image, according to your likeness, and that, God, we will pursue that destiny that you've laid out for us, God, that plan for us to have rulership and dominion in the earth, to rule and have dominion in the regions that you send us to, God, as, as, as people of God, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. I pray that, God, your people, each and every one of us, will fulfill your perfect plan for our lives. And I pray that, Father, any plants, any trees that you've not planted will be plucked up out of our lives. That, God, we'll, we, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that, God, anything that you've not planned and desired for us to be, that you do not call us to be, we'll not pursue those things, false identities. But, God, will seek out the true identity that you have for us because you called us, and made every single one of us special in your sight. And I pray that God will fulfill that particular plan you have for our lives and become who you called us to be. I thank you for it, and we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord.